the Cowley brothers still can't turn things around for Huddersfield. Late goals cost Leeds and Fulham points. The championship threatens to leave the EFL over the television rights. This is RJ Bargy Hello, RJ. Hello, Bargy. How are you doing tonight? Very well, and you? I'm a little agitated, but good overall. Wow, match day eight, done. Amazing. Let's talk about it. First game, Leeds Derby. That was an incredibly exciting game. It truly was. I believe I went 3-1 to Leeds. You went 2-1 Leeds. Final score? 1-1 draw. Oh, and this was a painful one because Leeds own that game until they a late goal it. until a very late goal i believe the 92nd minute in a completely undeserving goal at that derby was played off that pitch but leeds did not convert their chances including missing a pk wide daylight robbery leeds has scored only three goals at home during their matches they've also conceded three goals at home up next this past weekend, we had Cardiff City versus Middlesbrough on the plus. I went 2-2. I went 1-0. Final score. 1-0. Oh, you nailed it. Way to go, RG. Well, when the troll comes out from under his bridge. When the troll comes out, an own goal is scored in the second minute of play to give Cardiff that 1-0 victory. That was a boring game. It was boring after the third minute. The own goal was classic Cardiff. Classic Cardiff. Can't somebody else do it? Someone else can do it for us. And then Neil Warnock will come out and give you the beady eyes from under the bridge. I don't know why he's Irish. I don't know either. Millwall QPR not on the plus, but what a game. We predicted it. I went one to two for QPR. You said... 1-0. 1-0. Final score? 1-2. Yes, go you ours. Can Come you believe on, it? Come on, you ours. You know, I just got to say that it was a very impressive showing by QPR. They hit early in the second half, and they put Millwall on the back foot. It's four in a row for your beloved ours. I just have to say, I try really hard not to be super biased on this pod, but dang, the R's are looking good. Millwall's keeper, I believe it's Balowski. Oh my gosh, keeper, it's all your fault on that second goal. Oh, four in a row. That takes them to fifth in the table. Come on, you R's. All I got to say is probably don't get used to it. Anyways, <laughs> another game from Saturday that was not on the plus. Luton Hall, bottom of the table, skirmish. I went 1-1 draw. You said... I also said a 1-1 draw. Final score. We were so wrong. So very wrong. It was a 3-0 thrashing by the visitors. Hull! Go, you Tigers! Go, you Tigers! Kevin Stewart gets the brace. Two goals. Uh, Gronsky for Hall gets three games in a row with a goal. Big other news, perhaps more important than the three goals they scored. Hall did not concede a goal for the first time in league play all season. Rounding out Saturday, we had Sheffield versus Fulham. Oh, what a sucker punch. If you're riding the high of the R's, I am riding the pain of Fulham. 
One nail up going into the 93rd minute. And they concede the sloppiest of goals. Their defense went to sleep. And I got to say it, Tim Ream, he was call- he was bad on that goal that they let in. It's not as bad as the Darby late goal because Darby wasn't anywhere near in that match. Sheffield Wednesday was in this match. Fulham had a lot of possession in the middle of the field. But it was a 93rd minute equalizer that's just crushing. And worse, second game in a row for Fulham where they gave up an extremely late equalizer. Third draw in a row. Gary Mugg's first game at home. Sunday saw West Brom versus Huddersfield on the plus. On the plus! Who's the manager of Huddersfield these days? That would be the Cowley brothers. Oh, the Cowley brothers still. Can't turn it around. a point. Not a point in two games. They were up two to one at halftime. The goals by Huddersfield were very impressive, but then they just fell apart in that second half. I predicted a 2-0 defeat. I said a 3-0 defeat. Final score? 4-2. to two. I thought it was actually a really exciting match because there were glimmers where you thought Huddersfield would pull it out, and then you kind of knew in your gut, nah, they ain't coming back. And they did not. So Huddersfield sits at the bottom one point from eight matches, although we're not talking about them. Stoke actually had something special happen as they got a draw, but we can talk about that in just a moment. You want to talk about some U.S. players? I sure do, Bargy. First, Jeff Cameron. Jeff Cameron! For QPR, was back on the pitch, and he was playing well, got a yellow card in the 33rd minute for a bad foul. And he was clearing aerial threats like crazy against Millwall. Cameron Carter-Vickers, your favorite Stoke City player, went the full 90 for Stoke. He stood strong on the right side. He was extremely physical. One of the big reasons they got that 1-1 draw. Way to go, Stoke. Dwayne Holmes for Darby. He played the full 90. He was also yellow-carded. Seems to be my theme of the week. In the 68th minute for a handball. Eric Lehaw from Hull. Captain continues to form. He went a full 90. Stepped in as needed with great blocks and an overall outstanding. Ending defensive night. Tim Ream for Fulham went the whole 90. I mentioned his mistake, which is a shame because he was solid. Everything up until that goal, that late goal. Anthony Robinson for Wigan also went the full 90 left back. An American playing well at left back. That's got to feel good to hear. This kid cannot stop. He has energy up and down. He's a speed queen. He has intensity. He adds to the attack, but he gets back and covers on defense. He's somebody to watch. And then finally rounding out the Americans in the championship, we had Matt Miaska still out with a hamstring injury. But I need to point out that since the 24-year-old has sustained his injury, Redding has lost three consecutive matches. And that's the roundup for American players in the championship. So that's the week that was. Hey, Archie, I hear that you've been doing a little bit of research and you have a fascinating story to talk with us about. This week, the big news in the championship was that there is talk of a breakaway, meaning championship breaking away from the EFL. 
such as the strength of feeling over the 595 million pound deal this year. It was a five-year deal announced with Sky TV in November. The problem around this is that some clubs feel that this five-year deal undervalues Championship League specifically as a product. And why? They had asked for a delay in the Sky contract, and they claim that this delay was ignored in the final hours of negotiating this contract. They wanted an opportunity to explore other potential TV options. It's kind of a done deal at that point. However, I have to point out that the Championship League is unique. You know, we've talked about it a lot on this pod. They have the ability to see one quarter of the clubs change each season. There's no stability of the big six. These are the big six teams who drive that other league we sometimes mention called the Premier League. And it's this big six or lack of a big six is often cited as the reason why the championship is at a disadvantage in all television negotiations. They don't have the draw. They know it. They don't have these big splashy teams that they can call in to talk about television negotiation or television rights. And we've pointed this out in the podcast several times that there's a huge disparity between three million pounds per match for the Premier League games shown on TV and the 75,000 pounds for the second tier club. And that has huge implications. If you remember a few weeks back, Bargy and I had talked about how important this is in uh, light of recent events like Bury and Bolton. When you get teams in the championship who know that they're at risk and they feel they don't have any bargaining power, when they threaten things like kind of a breaking away, that's important. And when you have them highlighting issues like television rights, which are so important, and saying that they're not getting a fair share or a fair table or a fair or a fair seat at the table, these things can't be ignored. So 595 million pounds over five years, that might sound like a lot, but this is the EFL deal, which includes the championship, League One, and League Two. There are 72 teams in total in those three leagues. 72 teams times five years is a little bit over 350 teams, so to speak. So that's just about one and a half, a little under million pounds per team in the EFL per season. When you're talking, like RG said, about the premiership, when they're talking three million pounds per match, per match, it's just understandable how the teams in the second tier, much less the third or fourth tier, feel that this is just making it impossible for them to truly compete and make this competitive long term. And when you figure in the concept of the big six, so you have your teams like your Man City, your Arsenals, your Tottenham's, those teams that you know will not be relegated and they can count on that earning year over year over year, when even if a team does get promoted from the championship to the Premier League, they run a huge risk of a target on their back as to whether they'll stay up, what those television rights will mean for them. Even with the bump from promotion, it still puts them at risk if they don't perform. It's that unbalance. You know, you got to invest to get to the Premier League, but if you overinvest, 
you don't have the safety, you don't have the cushion. And that's one of the things that the championship is asking for. Can we negotiate a better TV deal? Can we offer our own online subscription? It's not really giving the teams, in my own opinion, the ability to truly market their product in a way that could be sustaining for them. So come on, championship, get a great TV deal. Let's make it something special. Let's talk about match day nine. We have some amazing games on the plus Friday. Stoke versus Nottingham Forest. Oh my Lord, could it be? that Stoke can continue their non-losing ways against very goal-happy Nottingham Forest. What do you think? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, what's your guess? I have Stoke losing at home 0-2. to two. I have Stoke also losing at home, but I'm going 1-2. to So a game on Friday that's not on the plus, Fulham versus Wigan. Why are we talking about this? Because Fulham desperately need this. Uh, It's hard to say on the ninth game of a 46-game season that it's a must-win. But this is kind of a must-win for Fulham after two late goals have taken away four points from them in the last two matches and a kind of below-average performance. Uh, three matches ago that also resulted in a tie. They need to win their play in Wigan. What do you think is going to happen? I believe Fulham can win. I say Fulham win 2-0. I'm feeling it as well. I think Wigan has got five of their eight points from their last three matches, but Fulham's going to turn it on. 4-1 to Fulham. I'm thinking big win. Saturday, we have QPR West Brom. Oh, QPR rolling, rolling. Four games on the stretch. 12 points. What do you think is going to happen here? QPR home pitch advantage. Kyan Prince Stadium. I say they're going to win 2-1. You know, it's funny that you say that because I also believe it's a 2-1 victory coming to you ours, but it's going to be a hard-fought victory. Blackburn versus Luton also on Saturday. I'm going 2-2 draw, which will be treated like a victory for Luton. I say Blackburn's going to be victorious. I have a 1-0 win. Blackburn Rovers. Another match that's not on the plus on Saturday, but I want to talk about it. Preston North End versus Bristol. I don't know if we've mentioned Preston North End once on the pod today. We haven't. I remember. We've not mentioned Preston at all. And where do they stand in the table? Third. How did that happen? I don't know. Bristol's in seventh. So this is a pretty early season knockdown kind of match. Alex Neal versus Lee Johnson. Undefeated. In the last five, three wins, two ties for Bristol. What's going to happen here? This is going to be a good game. What's your guess? I have Preston for the win. One nil. I'm going one to two for Bristol. Hmm. Also on Saturday, but not on the plus. Number eight, Charlton versus number one, Leeds. How does Charlton bounce back from the defeat against Wigan? And will Leeds be able to recover from the last minute tie against Darby? Charlton. Does not bounce back, in my opinion. I have 2-0 win for the away team, Leeds. That's a hard one to swallow. I think it's likely, but I'm going 1-1 draw. I think Charlton is going to pull it out. Sunday on the pools. Barnsley versus the Brentford Bees. A lot of bees up in the house. 
close. Yes. How do you think this one's playing out? Unfortunately, I went with a not very exciting scoreline of a nil-nil draw. Barnsley is in 22nd place. Brentford is in 17th place. I think they're both aching for some goals. I'm saying it's going to be a goal fest. Two, the three, for the Bees. I hope that happens. We'll see. I just think it might be a snooze fest. It could be. We'll know in just a few days. Thank you so much for listening. If you like us, say yeah. I like this on iTunes. Stitcher. Or anywhere else that you get your podcast. You got any questions, you can send them to rgbargypod at gmail.com or like us on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Good night, RG! Good night, Bargy. Good night, Bargy.